This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, LSPod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com It's Swindon Town. Hello, Joe. Joe, what a thrill to talk to you on what is, at time of recording, the 80th birthday of town legend Mike Summerby OBE. How do you feel? I mean, I feel great. I imagine this is all he would have wanted on his would have been 80th birthday. I No doubt at all. 244 glorious games under Burt Head before he faded into obscurity with Manchester City. Enough of that. The World Cup is winding down, Joe. Are you ready for 10 episodes of Swindon Town, A New Dawn on Recast? I'm absolutely buzzing for A New Dawn on Recast. I've uh, had to look up what Recast is, and now I'm very excited. Yes, it, it emerged last season, did it not? And it was given the uh, the eye-roll, fans-eye treatment. But a few high-profile clubs have got involved. I think Manchester City, mention them again, uh, on Recast. But... When are you going to treat yourself? Um, I believe my brother's coming back next week, so I'll probably watch it at that uh, then, once I have a bit more time. But, you know, it's it's quite exciting. I, f- I think that's the re- the reason they've done the documentary, so they can people don't do the eye roll thing. So it actually is something worthwhile <laughs> watching. But, yeah, it, I mean, it should be interesting. As I said, I'm um, tweeting out because they sent the press release around earlier today. Hopefully it's more all-or-nothing Manchester City than... Sunderland till I die in terms of ending. Mm, yes, well, I'm more than sure there's going to be a second instalment. Uh, it can't be far behind. This is the big news this week. Well, it might shock you, Joe, but it's not Barrow away. It is the potential return of one Charlie Austin. Scott Lindsay was 
asked about this during the presser. Let's talk, Charlie Austin. Let's firstly quickly go through what Scott Lindsay said, because it was very, very non-committal. Yeah, he wasn't willing to be drawn in on this twice, as I put, you know, Andrew Torres did follow up to see what he could find about about him as a player. In Lindsay's opinion, he wasn't, definitely wasn't going there, just stuck to the, um, you know, it's we're not into January yet, so we're not going there. He obviously said that he's a great player, because he is, but he's a, he certainly wasn't going towards anything close to you know, I, you know, he's, he does this well. I really like him for these reasons, or you know, showing anything more than a knowledge of his existence. Mm. Okay, well, to give those who aren't, I guess, in the know or use social media a little background into what happened over the last few days. So, contributors of our pals, the Serb Tom Broadbent Lounge, went public on their own personal Twitter account, stating that. Charlie Austin was keen to rejoin Swindon Town after ending his brief spell at Brisbane Raw. However, it was also disclosed in no uncertain terms that such a move was being threatened by Sandra D. McKayley and Scott Lindsay's reluctance to get on board with this. I have no reason to think that any of this is made up as they are very well connected to Swindon Town. But in this instance, they're very well connected to Charlie Austin too, as he features on their content quite frequently what's your opinions on this is is, is this a, a no-brainer is it a surface level no-brainer it's a huge signing Stockport giving it the big one this week because they've signed Phil Bardsley if we then counter that by signing Charlie Austin I think that's that's top trump sorted it would generate a lot of quick income with half season tickets six game match it you know six match tickets shirt sales it's a huge signing for any side at League 2 or even League 1 level. Is this a no-brainer? I think it's got to be, right? I think, you know, Charlie Austin, arguably in terms of name, could be the biggest signing ever made in League 2. I think you could definitely go that far, given what he's done much higher up the food chain than this. Now, this is the end of his career. There's a reason he would be coming back to Swindon, but you know, he's a firm, probably in the top two players of the last 15 years, of Swindon's history in terms of fan favourite status, certainly. And, you know, he would, you know, I've got a Swindon chart. I always try and wait till after January to figure out who I want on the back of it. Austin would go straight on the back of that one <laughs> for this season, especially if, you know, sorry, George, I love feeding the cow, but 32 has got to go, son. Um, mm. he's, you know, he's he's an un- unbelievable presence in the Swindon feed, as we see. He has that regular segment, I, I believe. I can't remember if they're still doing it or not, on the Tom Broadbent Lounge. Um, so they, the guys know him really well over there. So they, they would know if there was the movement in that direction. But you've got to get him in because the, the the fans would love it. You get so many people back through the door just to see Charlie Austin again, and he's 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 a goal scorer. And famously, Swindon aren't scoring many goals at the moment. No, I think what would be huge is you know I know plenty of Swindon fans that are a bit laissez faire with their attendance at the moment. They don't see any reason to travel to go to Swindon. These are not Swindon-based people. And the conversations are, well, I'll be there first game, you know, if if Charlie Austin signs. And it's that impact that's going to really make amends for those non-FA Cup runs, those non-League Cup runs and things like that. And there's no guarantee that Charlie Austin will be a success. But my goodness me, it would give this season a kick up the backside from a fan point of view. It's been so vanilla so far this season, especially at home. Not much to 
enjoy and even the wins have been marginal you know it, it would just give the club give the fan base the most important element of the club such a boost yeah it has felt in the last month or so that this fan engagement and interest has been trending pretty firmly downwards and people aren't enjoying what they're seeing at the moment and you're seeing that in the crowds they're dropping at the same time so if you can get if there's even a sniff of charlie austin coming back then we saw the return of the King stuff at the end of last season. It's If it actually happens, it's that times 100 if, for that first game and the first couple after that. And then all you've got to do is win one of those. And hopefully you can make that spiral a little bit. Now, I'm assuming all the rumours are true. And there were some, you know, those tweets that we discussed earlier, they did, like I said, in no uncertain terms, point the finger at Dima Cayley and Lindsay for potentially sinking this, this possible transfer. Does the notion of... Dima Cayley and Lindsay being vetoed on this by, no doubt, Clem Morthuni. That, and forgive the hyperbole here, I can't see how that isn't the end of the road for either one or both if this transfer goes through. How, how do you come back from having your... You know, it's your job to build a team and to say you don't want them and then for the owner to go, nah, we're signing them. It's very tough. I mean, yeah, if Mofuni's paying these guys to run the football side and six months in he's saying, I don't really care what you think about this, I'm doing it anyway. Obviously, it's, it's a slightly strange situation in League 2 where you have the chance of getting a Charlie Austin, but it doesn't show an awful lot of faith from the owner and those who, you know, they must have dived into this and st- started some sort of dialogue with Charlie um, before. And then Sandra and Scott said, we don't really know how that fits with what we're trying to do. And then you just say, well, I'm going to do it anyway. It's mm. it's not a lot of faith being tr- being put in the people that you are paying to do this, this stuff for you. If I'm Scott Lindsay, it's win-win for me if Charlie Austin signs. I'm sure like their opinions shouldn't have gone public. I'll be like, well, if he signs, he's keeping me in the job, potentially. There's a chance that I'm going to be here for longer because the assumption that Charlie Austin is going to save our season or enhance our chances of promotion. And if he signs and it doesn't go well, Scott Lindsay then can very publicly say, well, they made a sign in over my head. I did not want him to sign. It's not my fault. I lost my job. It's Swindon Town. So it's kind of win-win for him. Um, I think that's that second win might be in the second job hunting phase more than anything else. <laughs> that, you know, I was, <laughs> the, you know, they always say pick the owner, not the club. With managers get seeking jobs, and he wow, they went over my head, and these things they didn't trust me to do it, and that's why there wasn't that success. But I think in the Swindon terms, if you if you're the manager that can't get Charlie Austin going, however many logical problems there might be with signing a you know mid thirty striker in a, in a team that isn't it by the by the fans' own admission not creating a lot of chances as is, you know, then. <laughs> then you're going to be lambasted. How can't you get Charlie Austin firing? He's Charlie Austin. When he played for us before, he scored goals every game. He was scoring a hat-trick every week. You know, that's that's kind of the reaction you're going to get from a Swindon fan. So I I, I think maybe that second win wouldn't be in SN1. Yeah, well, we all await the uh, the League Managers Association statement <laughs> when, when the time comes. And all of this is complete rumour at the moment. I cannot emphasise enough. There's been no announcements. No, None of the, the major media outlets are, are really going for it at the moment. And let's hope it stays that way because that reveal is going to be brilliant when the time comes. I mean, they've, they've clearly got the video people in at the moment with that documentary you've already talked about. 
I hope if it is true, Dave cooking up something spicy for that announcement. I'm expecting <laughs> that Hallam, the Hallam Hope one, but dialed up to ten. Yeah, we look forward to seeing what goes there and whether he ends up, you know, emotionally rejoining QPR suddenly or something <laughs> like that. But until then, come on, he's coming back to Swindon. Hey, why didn't we get a league managers association statement from Ben Garner? Um, various different historical figures who have been unfaithful come to mind um i, I don't know is uh, i guess when you've got another job to go into you just didn't have time to start to write a league manager association uh goodbye message or maybe just didn't have as many digs about the ownership at swindon that he, he had at charlton that he can include he did compliment us in a way he said it was very hard to leave us yeah so hard that he did it anyway <laughs> uh, let's have let's have a Charlie Austin sting and then go to the usual presser duties. Austin going in. Well, it was coming in the first half. It's arrived six minutes into the second. A glorious scoring header from Charlie Austin. Okay then, so that's the fun bit done. Let's talk about Barrow away. <laughs> <laughs> What's the injury room looking like? Um, much like the Charlie Austin questions, there wasn't a lot of answers in this particular segment. We were, you know, we're still assessing. You know, that we had some bumps and bruises. We were, um, they things change every day. He did say that one player is definitely back. He didn't say who that was, and yeah, it was just a lot of um, just a lot of smoke screens putting up. It was. A reminder of playing a game of tag in a playground whilst I was on a trip in Munich and we used to pick up Bark and throw it up and scream smoke screen. And that's essentially what Scott Lindsay did for the answers here. Yeah, I feel blessed that the Austin thing emerged this week because as much as we have lives, this would have been a very short pod based on some of the questions. Uh, Johnny Williams helps us out as well. Warning, we're going to be talking about the World Cup again in, a bit later on. We've probably taken that as far as we can, but the questions keep coming in. So, yeah, we don't know who's definitely injured. We don't know who's coming back. Scott Lindsay really likes to keep his squad, well, his cards close to his chest on these, doesn't he? Yeah, he's not giving anything away to Pete Wilde on this one. Swindon had a lot of injuries last week. And he's just not saying who's who's going to be added to that squad, just to make it that little bit more difficult for him, I guess. Yeah, well, one thing is for sure, which was really good, and I was happy that Scott Lindsay answered this when he was talking about fringe players, is that they're not looking to rush Rashan Hepburn-Murphy, are they? Yeah, they definitely shouldn't be, given what they tried before. And that sounds like they were being cautious at that point anyway. But he's, you know, Rashan came on and played great against uh, Wimbledon. I thought he really added something to the team. But you can't overload him too quickly because he's been injured off and on, pretty much on for like two and a half years at this point. You, you can't put too much on his plate because he needs the time to build himself back up, build into the get, build into the football, and then hopefully at some point, possibly in mid January or onwards. He can really be a force for us, but it's going to be in cameo roles because Scott Lindsay was saying, you know, he brought him in, he played really well against Plymouth and then he gets injured two minutes into a Grimsby game on the Saturday. So 
he he's not going to rush in whatsoever. And heaven knows we need that <laughs> that extra attacking option over Christmas, don't we? Yeah, I mean, with with the injuries and just the sort of general malaise in front of goal, there definitely needs to be something added. It looked like Hepburn Murphy could do that. But he's not really going to be on the pitch long enough to show it, I wouldn't have thought. I was really happy that there was a question asked about Ricky Agua because we've said on the uh, on the Monday morning pods quite a few times what's happening with Ricky Agua, And it was asked and it sounds like he's a little bit out of favour at the moment. Yeah, it was a slight surprise that he was left out against Wimbledon didn't even come off the bench. You know, he's he's early in the season, Scotland spoke in glowing terms about the development Aguiar had been making, but it sounds like since Bradford, he's not really been on that same progression. He's, he said that he's he's been finding it tough to get break into what is quite a strong area of the Swindon team. We've got quite a few options in the middle of the park. Um, he, he did well, sure to say that he continues to think he's a he's a really good player and a really good part of this squad for hopefully a while, but. He's not really progressing at the rate that they might have thought he was earlier in the season. If if you were a betting man, would you say he's going to play a bigger part in the second half of the season? Or do you think it'd be more likely, depending on how January goes, that he goes out on loan? I think it will certainly depend on who comes in for Ricky Aguilar. I think if they get him in the National League, then that's probably worthwhile. If, if someone doesn't come in at that level, then... Maybe he sticks around and hopes hopes the injury crisis continues, I suppose. But, he, no, I think Swindon really like, or Scott Lindsay speaks about it quite a lot, and I asked him about it later on. He really likes being able to coach players individually. I think maybe Agu- he can keep doing that with Aguiar and get the bits into his game that he wants, and then, then he can become a bigger option for us in a few months' time, maybe. Lindsay was also asked about loan players, which is a really interesting question at this time of year, because... We have four, and there's a very real chance we might lose them all, depending on, on what the uh, what the situation or what January brings us. But only two were really mentioned at this stage, and that was Jeff Cott and Fraser Blake Tracy. Yeah, he didn't play any real reference to Kieran Brennan or Sol Brin. I think those are those two are less likely to have decisions made by their parent clubs because they're not going to be playing for their first team certainly. So it would be a case of who else would come in for them more than anything to do with Swindon, but he said they certainly want to keep Jeffcott and FBT, um, but those decisions aren't necessarily theirs to be made. I saw a lot made of this comment about Jeffcott. I think what he's getting at here is that Swindon have a lot of options to go in, in with Jeffcott, and they've not made up their minds on what they're going to do with him yet, more than Plymouth can just recall him whenever, and Swindon don't have a say in that at all. And Flazer Bakes Tracy, we've heard from the horse's mouth before that pretty much anything could happen. Yeah, it would be a shame to lose FBT. Jeff Cott has, you know, he's, he's on a barren run and got injured at the worst possible time, really, isn't it? And if we have an option to sign in January and we don't want to take it and we would rather stay, keep the loan move kicking along, then Plymouth might say, well, I might be able to sell them to Crawley, for example, and away Jeff Cott will go and they'll get their quick buck. Blake Tracy, I don't know. I mean, I've I've read comments from listeners saying that he was saying in in the uh, recent Christmas party that his family are a long way away. He's he's located in in the Norfolk area, which is an awful drive, isn't it? It's an awful commute to that part of um, the country. But and might want him back. You never know. Change of manager with Bryn. 
new manager, it would be purely development, wouldn't it? If 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 he goes, it's because they found a League One team that will play him week in, week out. But you, you can only live in hope that he stays for the season. And I think Kieran Brennan, out of nowhere, is suddenly probably <laughs> probably the safest bet to stay because he's now playing. Yeah, I think Brennan might at this point be the most important player in the Swindon squad. Possibly less so if McDonald's continuing to come back. But last week he was the only actual centre back Swindon could start. Um, so and he did okay as well. I, I thought he played pretty well, to be honest. Yeah. I don't think there was there was certainly no errors. He looked pretty calm on the ball, generally speaking. So he looked better than he has done in previous weeks. And if Swindon have, if Swindon don't really have any centre backs at the moment, so maybe. A month or two ago, they'd have been thinking, probably going to have to send Brennan back. He's not really got in, into the team. That's definitely not something that they could do right now. Yeah, it'll it, be interesting. I think I think whether we like it or not, there's going to be a few changes over the next month or so. Yeah, I think where, whereas they might have come into this window thinking we might want to add two or three players maybe. You know, If Fraser Blake Tracy gets recalled and sent off somewhere else and Sol Bryn gets sent to League One and... Luke Jeffcott gets recalled and sold to Leighton Orient or Crawley or someone like that, then all of a sudden you've probably got to sign five or six. And that's a lot more disruption than they might have accounted for going into things. Oh, but if we're still lurking around the top 10, which we're almost certainly going to be, then hey, let's hope for a uh, second season rejuvenation and going from there. Yeah, I mean, as you mentioned, that we're one point behind where we were at this point last season. I think. You you've got to think that from where we are, if we have a good January, then and you know start to score some goals, then then you're definitely going to be in heavily in that promotion conversation. Cool. Okay, then let's talk about Barrow, another AFC. Why do the AFCs have to have their AFC sort of mentioned? I guess it's because they're not. You no, know, it's not Barrow United or anything. For, for whatever reason, an FC, you don't have to say it, but. For AFC, the athletic pit is very important, so you have to keep it. Yeah, okay. Well, what a season Barrow are having. It's incredible that a team can lose four in the bounce in autumn and still be fourth in the league because they're not drawing games. Yeah, a great season they're having considering everybody had them down as relegation fodder. They currently sit in fourth place, but... The way the season is is looking, they can they can drop quite heavily if they lose a game, preferably this weekend. They lost their last game against Stevenage quite badly, lost 5-0 away. But I think the thing that is a little worrying from Swindon's side of things is they have won their last four home games on the bounce. So they beat Grimsby, Crew, Colchester and Hartlepool um, at home recently. So that's something to keep an eye on. Their last game against Carlisle was postponed, so they haven't played since the 2nd of December. Uh, players to keep an eye out for is Billy Waters is the current lead to player of the month, I believe. Josh Gordon is having a better season than usual, scoring 10 goals in the league campaign for the first time in his career. That's the fifth season of asking with Walsall and now Barrow. And we're not even through the halfway through the season yet, so well done him. Uh, former Leeds United wonder kid, if you believe their fans, and former Swindon Town loney Jordan Stevens has been a, a bench player this season for them coming on. Um, on the bench nine times not starting a league game and I think he was a well in zero target Robbie Gotts he plays for Pete Wilde's side Pete Wilde uh, joined Barrow in the summer Um, his other managerial experience includes briefly getting a 
note out of Oldham Athletic, which is no mean feat in recent years, and taking FC Halifax Town to the National League playoffs last season, finishing only four points behind the mighty Wrexham of Disney Plus fame. What did Scott Lindsay have to say about Barrow? Because again, it wasn't very much, was it? Yeah, it's not too much. Um, I think it's pretty referential of Halifax B. Um, it definitely talked about Pete Wilde and the good job that he's doing. He brought up the home form, which you mentioned. I think it does have to be said that's not exactly a murderer's row of teams that they were <laughs> playing. But, you know, it's, it's still pretty impressive. No, no one, I, I think the general consensus in previous weeks about around the media room is that no one wanted to go to Barrow. So if that's the case for them, then I imagine players not particularly keen on it either. Um, I think he sort of meant went more into the sort of logistical part of what Swindon will be doing in terms of which has been a fairly consistent theme of Swindon when in the longer away games, just travelling up tomorrow, training on the way and then getting into the hotel nice and early for the hmm. for the game on the Saturday. Um, it, it was he was keen to point out they're not a long ball team, although when I was looking through statistics earlier today, it kind of looked like they were. But um, he's definitely definitely wasn't entertaining that as a suggestion there. They play through the first, they like a bit of football, but it wasn't it certainly wasn't the tactical plan of what they're going to be putting in was what we were given. How important is this game to Scott Lindsay? Not necessarily Swindon in our season. Let's talk about the individual. How important is this? I think I think it's pretty big. There's there's already a pretty sizable spike being placed into the ground prepared for his head amongst the, the fan base. And I think another loss, even to get to a good team like Barrow away from home, um, won't be looking good. Swindon definitely need to score. And, you know, Barrow's defence has been pretty solid. So that's not exactly a guarantee. Um, they've, they've, it can't be performance. I think this needs to be a result. What, what do you define as a result? Um a score draw at worst. Okay, so that's enough to uh, keep things ticking over for him. Um, but anything negative, it's going to be, it's getting tougher for him. Yeah, I, I mean, I imagine even a draw, Twitter wouldn't be too happy. But I think if you look in the grand scheme of things, playing a team like Barrow is is going to be tough. And frankly, a win and we go above them. So yeah. uh, that, that's a pretty great result if we can go there and bust that uh, winning home form. But yeah, I, I think there definitely needs to be preferably two goals, but certainly at least one. Barrow have lost eight games this season. The, the thing is, they're just not drawing. They've only drawn one all season long and won 11. And that 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 fine run of wins is what's what's keeping them up there. That might be unfair to Barrow, who have defied everybody's predictions and and fair play to them. But we shouldn't be going to, to Barrow and thinking, oh, we lost there last year and oh, their, their form's really good. We, we, sh- we need to be going there to be aggressive and, and, and for three points. I think they're a bit like us from last season because I believe we didn't draw particularly many last year. I don't know the specifics, but I'm pretty sure there was there was not maybe one or two draws at this stage of the season. Um, so they've definitely got that. I mean, it is Barrow, as you say. Like That's not a club that Swindon should be thinking, this is tough. But at the moment it is. And to be honest, I thought coming into the season that Pete Wilde was a surprisingly good hire for Barrow. And... You know, they were probably going to be better than most people might think based on who they are, but they are even better than I think anyone would have said um, coming into it. So even if it is little old Barrow, this is not a game that anyone can think we should just bowl in and win because... Even last season when they weren't good, we didn't do that. No, we did not. One of the one of the unhappier away days 
of the 21-22 season and there weren't that many but it, it was immediately after that late in Orient game wasn't it so it it probably caused a mild panic attack across the fan base it, it's tough isn't it to talk about this game because the club have given us nothing yeah there was there was I think I immediately I was on zoom for this but I was quickly asked by um, Andrew Hordes if I thought it was we, we got what we wanted I was like well he didn't really answer any of the questions so not not really um We've not got loads to go on, certainly on Barrow, but although, as is a theme, we rarely have loads to go on on whatever team it is. I think we could play Man City and we wouldn't get much. But, you know, it is, it is as you said earlier, thank God for Charlie Austin. Indeed. Uh, Scott Lindsay was asked about attacking play, and what does Scott say about this? He's continued on the line. He's not particularly concerned. The metrics seem to stack up well. We were top for Ooh. shots, touches in the box. Um, you know, we we clearly get it, get it. You know, we got into the final third with with the top sides in the league in terms of numerically, um, but they're just not putting the ball in the goal. And he said this on Saturday and said it again that uh, they they're lacking the aggression, the composure, and the, the the guile in those moments to really get it done. To be honest, I thought against Wimbledon we actually played pretty well. The football was the football was good. I really liked what they were doing on the left wing. But they just didn't score when it got there. And you know, people pointed the shots on target. I don't think that was particularly representative because there were a lot of good openings where they just, like Johnny Williams hit one over the bar when he had a really good chance to take a shot from the top of the box. So that wasn't particularly representative, but they just didn't score. And that's that's really concerning when you've scored it one goal in four all comps, you know, not scored in had five all comps one shot on target in the last two games. It's, yeah, it's, it's just really bad reading. We did our thing. And when we were in our rhythm, we were all right. It just doesn't happen enough. And the end product just isn't there. Yeah, it's, you know, most fans aren't going to have the more advanced metrics and things, but they can look at the shots and they're, they're not liking what they're seeing. And we'll see on the pitch. It's it's not looking brilliant. As I say, I, I think in isolation, that performance and result doesn't look as bad with the way that Wimbledon have been playing. But when you stack that with Crawley and Tranmere and Stockport, it starts to look a lot worse. But, you know, I thought certainly performance-wise, it was an awful lot better than Crawley. Crawley was just awful. I thought we... I, I was fairly entertained by what we were doing. I, I liked the way they played. I just They just didn't score at the end of it. And that is... In, usually in football, that is problematic. <laughs> yeah, we were much better than the Crawley game. I think that's pretty clear to see there. So moving on, he was asked about changing tactics. What was, what's going on here? Yeah, he's, uh, <laughs> this one was very quickly shot down, ironically, because he um, cited shooting. <laughs> uh, you know, it's like, well, well what are we going to do? We're already shooting more than anyone else. We're going to shoot more? Probably not. You know, he, was, he got went, went through the same cavalcade of stats that look quite good in terms of Swindon's attacking numbers it's like we are trying we're really trying to score they're doing what they can on the training ground the mentality and the and the play that they go in to get the shots off and they're just not going in or they're not being taken from I've even said that there was some forget the specific name of it but it was like the best shots taken from the actual sites on goal so they weren't even necessarily taking pot shots with those they, they they were doing everything right. They, it just wasn't going in for them. So he's he definitely wasn't entertaining a, a switch in uh, switch in system or 
um, general approach. The next question is, well, the next question that we'll cover, because we don't necessarily do it in, in the order that the questions are asked in the presser, always feels a little bit, oh boy. And that's that. Scott Lindsay, message to the fans. You don't normally do that when the going is good, do you? So um, even though it's so weird because of how high we are in the table, but it's undeniably been poor recently. Well, you say that, but didn't Ben Garner deliver a message to the fans right before we were about to get in the playoffs last season? So actually, message to the fans. Remember, that's the play. That's the playoffs. That doesn't count. That's it's not still a message game. to the fans, Rich, and a positive thing. So I will take the moral victory there. Um, but yeah, it's not usually a good thing. So, like, well, what would you say to people who think that you're rubbish? Um, you know, <laughs> I was considering asking, how would you pitch to someone like come and watch us at Barrow? Because there's not really a reason to go and do it because of where it is and that it will be cold and that it will not be very good. The weather's looking okay, though, for Barrow, isn't it? It doesn't, it doesn't seem to be at risk. It's getting much milder in the next two days. No, I think so. Someone put onto it, it was like two degrees or something. It should be fine. Um, yeah. If they've sort of rainy, that. yeah, it's barrow in it. It's never going to be good, but but by the by what it could have been, especially with the week we've had, it's it's not dreadful. But his his message was as I pointed to the one point behind thing. This is where it came from. It's like just stick with us, guys. You know, <laughs> we'll probably play like we did at Mansfield soon. We're, we're doing all the right things, and I'm also frustrated when we don't score, but please please love me. I'm looking forward to seeing you metaphorically die on your hill uh, that you're willing to die on for the message to the fans. Well, I'll be on my hill, eating a picnic, having a great time, watching you suffer. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I just always think people go a little bit over the top. I don't think anyone's loving it at the moment, but we are still eighth and right on the edge of the playoffs, so it's not it's not that bad. Or certainly not as bad as it feels. Okay. You know me. I like depth in terms of my conversation when it comes to where I do episodes uh, with ex-players, with fans, what have you. Next one, big one. Scott Lindsay on New Year's resolutions. Go. Nope. He did technically elaborate, but I didn't I didn't feel the need to put it in. He said, um, you know, he's, he's, not, he's not that type of superstitious person. It's just not something that he does. So uh, no was no. I thought summed that up quite nicely, especially as that was his initial answer. Good. Shall we go to the Joe Zone? Let's do it. Hi Scott. Hi Joe. I was just looking through Barrow's stats, and they were fourth lowest for shots allowed in the league. When you're playing a team that are clearly defensively quite strong like that, is that a good test for you to try and push through those barriers that you've been experiencing front of goal? Is it? Is it what? Sorry, Joe. Does it feel like quite a good test to try and push through some of those barriers you've been having in front of goal when you're playing a good defence like that? I think that no matter who you play, you just want to score goals, you know. It doesn't matter whether we're playing against a team who's defensively strong or a team who are loose at the back. We we just got to concentrate on us and I'm sure that, you know, if we uh, if we have the right, men- right mentality um, and we, we attack the game like we know we can, we've got good players on the pitch who are capable of scoring, I don't think it really matters who we play. We want to we want to try and create them chances and, and and go and score some goals. Yeah. Um. On Jacob Wakeling, obviously he's had a great season so far, but it's felt one or two times like maybe he's been a bit isolated or struggled when he's come up against more physical centre backs. It felt like that against Wimbledon. I remember Stockport away in the league. It felt like that as well. Is there stuff that you can do coaching wise to help him? like try and improve when he comes up against those more physical defenders? 
Yeah, of course. There's always ways you can improve players on the training ground. We've done some work with him today, actually, in terms of um, balls going into him with um, a bit of physicality behind him. Um, I think there's always areas for, for players to improve all the time. We're constantly you know, doing bits and pieces with the players um, after the sessions and individual development um, plans with the players to, to make them better, for sure, definitely. That's all from me. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, Joe. What an intro this is. Hi, Scott. <laughs> I just thought there needs to be a bit of positivity. I, I wasn't in the room, but in the room. Yeah, it was either that or that sympathetic, Hi, man. <laughs> Oh, are you okay? Um, <laughs> so you asked about the the Barrow backline first of all, and he kind of sort of needed elaboration and then shot it down. And then very interesting question about Wakelin's struggles against physical defenders, which I think is a valid point, and they've been working on that. Yeah, I think again this was sort of more general answer that he gave to it because we've heard it with Hutton before in terms of the work he likes to do, but he's. We said earlier today, earlier that day they've been working on sort of how he's receiving the ball and how he can help himself in that ways. But it just did it certainly felt like that against Wimbledon. I can remember feeling it like that day, like that before when Wakeling has played up front. Where I really like Jacob Wakeling, but you've gone a bit missing when when it's been two two big blokes trying to stop you, and that was just something that they that. If you're going to play in the lower leagues, it's probably something he needs to get better at. Yeah, and and he's overachieved this season. He's probably done way more than than they expected. Uh, they might say no. We knew he was he, what he was capable of, and that's fair enough. But I I think I think he he's he's done really well. But to maintain that that early start of the season standard is very tough, and he he has struggled. Yeah, he's you know I don't think anyone maybe even expected him to play that much this season. No one no one had heard of you um, when he came in, really. And obviously, he's going to be going back to Barrow with a bit of a point to prove because um, he didn't play there either. But you know, it was such a quick start to the season for him. He was, he was looking great. He got that contract. But as Swindon have slowed, so has he. He's not dragged the team anywhere, which you wouldn't necessarily expect him to do. But you'd just like to see him get, get that lovely little smile back on him because he's, he's been such a great player when he's been on it. Romeo Hutton to Wakeling to win 1-0 feels very, very nice. And if it's Jordan Stevens with a last gasp winner for them, I'll be, uh, I'll take the hit on that. But Hutton to, to Wakeling, yes, please. Definitely take that. If I remember much about Jordan Stevens, I'd imagine he'd miss the chance. So that should be fine. Oh, and now I'm dragging you down with me now <laughs> if, if he scores um, on what has been a very quiet season for him. Oh dear, what have we done? Um, shall we move on? Let's do it. Yeah, let's talk about the second guest on the presser so they've they've wheeled out johnny williams again but never a chore although the world cup man is there anything else to be said not really but it was the first time that we've gotten to speak to him since since he came back so i, th- I think the questions were, were always going to come that way it's why i stayed clear of them because i was like well, he's answered a lot about the world cup now he is you know he, he went he didn't play his back Probably wants to do a little bit more Swindon stuff in this, so I'll, I'll give him that out. But uh, World Cup is fun, isn't it? We've got the got the the massive Croatia Morocco game coming up, um, you know. So let's let's get involved. Hey, hey, you say that, but that game allows us to watch Swindon on iFollow because it's the World Cup on it, right? So we can still watch it without going to chateaus and and so forth. So that's not this. That third, <laughs> that third playoff because it allows us to watch Swindon from afar. 
Well, I mean, they're, they're doing the Lord's work out there, I suppose. But, <laughs> you know, I, I think I would possibly class it as not going to be a ratings buster for the BBC. I'll have it on in the background with Swindon on the, the, the laptop, I'm sure. So did Johnny Williams have a good time? He loved it. He said it was amazing. Um, I, I think that it gets a little bit further down, but we can sort of group this into one thing in terms of his experience. Um, he, he said he 100% went there, eyes wide open. Uh, he didn't expect to play and he didn't play, but that didn't really diminish his experience because he was ready for it. And that's, I think, is always a good good way to look at things. If you don't expect very much, nothing can go wrong. So expect. <laughs> so I live my life by. And, and I, I think more Swindon fans should use that moniker. You know, if you're going into Barrow thinking, well, last year was it was it two nil? No, if that was last year and we think we're worse, what well, you know, if we lose four nil, I expected it, so it's fine. Um, you know, he was he just really liked being there. He, he found it a bit hot, but uh, <laughs> he, it was a nice break for him to be out with all his with all his good mates. It was. It was a nice experience, being to be in a World Cup, very proud to be there. But as I say, it, it, the fact that he didn't play was more of a more of a point, with more of a, a minute detail with him, which I, I haven't got around to reading it yet, but I saw there was a piece that Massimo Luongo had spoken in with The Athletic this week about not playing in a World Cup. And for him, it was a slightly different experience. Yeah, he absolutely should have got at least... A, a cameo given what he did for Australia in another competition. Um, I, I don't really think we need to talk about where it went wrong for Wales. I think, you know, getting one point is probably the issue. Yeah, I mean, just generally playing pretty badly didn't help. Um, I think he was, he was pretty upfront about that, but they didn't hit their levels. Um, karate kick to the head of um, Mehdi Taremi didn't help. Yeah, they just, they just weren't great, but I don't know, you know, Obviously, it was an ob- obvious question to ask Johnny Williams having returned, but it's not its not exactly Swindon-related, is it? There isn't this sense that they're all going to quit either. Like, we we English just look at their caps and their age and what level they're playing and go, well, that's them done. But none of them have said, well, that's it from me. So we might still see a Swindon player getting international call-ups going into 2023. Yeah, Johnny was, you know, he I think he was asked a little bit about it and what he was thinking. He was like... No, I'd, I'd really like to still be in the team, really. Gareth Bale was definitely not one for, for international retirement, which I'm very much of the um, Smithy at Sport Relief, at the um, sports personality belief that you should never quit on your country mindset, you know, and, and clearly the Welsh have taken that to heart. Have you just cordoned my podcast? I'm, I'm always cordoning this podcast. Oh, my goodness <laughs> me. Um, okay, he, he swapped shirts with somebody and he had his picture taken with... With an England legend. Yeah, he was. Um, it was Conor Gallagher, so it's not as exciting as it could have been. Uh, they were just sort of mates. Did they count as match worn, or is it just player issue? Given that neither of them played, but you know, I have to check the eBay criteria. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't think that either of them could say, "Wow, I got a World Cup match worn shirt from Conor Gallagher because didn't get on the pitch." But you know, they they played together at Charlton. Um, he was set. He said he he was a good kid. Um, when whilst they were there together, and he they had a nice catch up after the game, um, so that was nice. And he always liked watching Joe Cole when he was younger, so he got a picture of him. Presumably, he was pitch side with ITV, I guess. Almost certainly. Imagine like being pitch side and and somebody who's registered as a player for the tournament going, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> if he was just he was supposed to be warming up, they say, Joe Cole, can we please have a photo? 
but I don't know. Bucket hat wearing red wool looking furious at the treachery. <laughs> Good thing the game was on BBC because if Roy Keane had seen that and was on at half time, he'd be getting an absolute blasting. <laughs> Good reason. Let's take a twist and a, a shimmy and let's get back to Swindon Town with Johnny Williams because this is the most important thing right now. He came back. Um, he watched some games whilst out there. How's he getting on on his return? Yeah, obviously because of the amount of games Wales was playing, he said that the training wasn't particularly intense. So it wasn't, so he's not like tired. So he's coming back and he's ready to go again as we saw at the weekend because he was he was pretty good um he was i think he, he said that like he much prefers the cold weather even if it was you know particularly freezing he didn't qatar was more difficult to play in surprisingly but so yeah he's just like he'd been excited to come back and try and get the boys back on that promotion path that they were supposed to be on when he left and now there's that huge not huge but there is some pressure on him to be one of the linchpins over Christmas and beyond. Uh, his presence has been missed clearly. What did he say about that added responsibility? Well, yeah, with you know, with no Ben Gladwin in the team, well, the looks like it, unless he's the the one player who is back fit again, he's probably the the most experienced and going to have to carry that forward line at the moment. Um, but you know, he said that he came here wanting to be part of a promotion. He still absolutely wants to be to be doing that with Swindon he's going to do everything he can when he steps across that white line and everything he can when before it and everything around to, to make sure that the Swindon team are ready and, and do what he wants them to do mm. we're talking it's just it's almost 9pm on the 15th uh, Mike Summer B day of course and I've been up since about 5 5 30 with, with my little boy that's a whole different podcast altogether. Um, and I got to say, looking at the temperature on my phone when I went downstairs and saw minus six in the city, which is pretty unheard of since I've lived in, in Bristol, I had to step outside and, and just have a feel. And I got to say, yeah, it's pretty cold. Johnny Williams was asked about the temperature. How's that for a segue? Were you doing the dipping your toe thing like we were running a bar? I just I had some stuff I needed to put in on, in the outside bin and I was like I'll do that now and just to get a general feel of minus five minus six or whatever it was at the time and uh and I was like yeah that's cold yeah that's pretty cold <laughs> turns out chilly um yeah, <laughs> yeah he's no, as I said he's he said that he's not trained in quite in quite that cold temperatures before this was as cold as it had been but he was he was thankful that they have the four G, even though it's it's not as good as grass, and it means they can't really train the same. But they they can keep going because they have that in these in these cold conditions. There's a suggestion that maybe some other teams might not be so lucky. I think it'd be interesting to watch potentially some other sides in our division have to go and find like the sort of local recreation ground three G Astro or something and train on that. But Swindon have got the facilities, so the players have been training in the shadow of the county ground in the freezing temperatures and hopefully they've been having to run around a bit more. Yeah, if you, if you were wondering how cold it is, I was uh, I was in a, having a little exchange with friend of the pod, Kitman Steve Hooper, and let's just put it this way, I quote, first year I've ever felt it and had to pull the joggers out. Madness. This is a man that was born in Swindon Town shorts. So incredible scenes yeah i mean it really really shows what te- what times we're living in if if the joggers are having to come out that's 
That's really, really bad. Oh, I had Long John's on <laughs> Wimbledon on Saturday, and it wasn't even that bad. We'll, we'll move swiftly on. Before we go to the Joe Zone again, toughest player Johnny Williams played against. I mean, toughest or best? Because it's quite a list. Yeah, I don't know that he technically sort of, like, it wasn't exactly a 1v1 matchup against these guys, unless he was playing in a slightly odd position. Um, it's that. His, his initial instinct was I and Robin. I was like, geez, he's, he's pulling no punches here. And then went, and I also played Ibrahimovic. He was pretty good. Ronaldo, that was tough. Um, he brought up the, um, that, I think that was in the 2016 Euro semi-final, which I was at that game. I was like, oh, it was, I was there. But um, yeah, it was, it was a, it was a big flex from Johnny Williams to pull that out. And then just as he seemed to be moving past, like, David Silva was a top player as well, played against him. It's like, geez, Johnny, calm it down. A top player, though, not a top, top player. And also, Ronaldo flex, and there's you wading in with your own flex. There's a lot of flexing going on. Well, you know, if he's going to pull out these baller moves, like he was on the pitch with, with your Iron Robbins and some of the best players of the of the century, you know, I had to try and compete somehow. And compete you did. Let's listen to your questions to Mr. Johnny Esther. Hi, Johnny. Um, I asked Marcel Lavinia this on Saturday, but... With, on that sort of left side at the weekend, it was you, um, Elisie Andlo and him, and you sort of all rotated around. Does that help you try and attack people because it gives you that little bit more space? Yeah, I think um, the manager allows us to rotate. He coaches us on different rotations to, you know, depending on who we're playing against, um, what rotations he thinks will work in order to get us on the ball in, in good areas. Um, I really enjoy playing under the manager. It's given me a freedom to kind of feel my way into the game and, and feel where I can hurt teams and, and trust me in positions to get on the ball and, and make things happen, um, which I haven't always had in my career. Um, and he allows me to do that from the left or whether I'm playing centrally. So for me personally, it's brilliant. Um, it's given me a real freedom this season to create and, and score goals. Yeah, I, I don't know how much you see of the fan reactions, but there's been a fair amount of criticism of Scott Lindsay recently. From your position, do you feel like that's fair, given you know what you just said and where Swindon are in the league? Uh, yeah, I think I think he's done a really good job. I think um, we're we're a point off the playoffs. Um, you know, there's expect, expectation here um, to get promoted, which they're always going to be because of the size of the club and the league. Um, but you only have to look at uh, recent times as to what the club's been through and and what we had to do with last pre-season. Um, with a real short amount of players um, and coming, you know, out of an embargo, etc. Um, to, to get where we are at the moment, I think we're in a good spot. Um, obviously, we all want to get promoted and we all believe we can, um, but it's not that easy. We need to keep going and, and stick together and, and keep trying to win games because in the majority of games I've played in, we've been the better team. Um, we just need to to get better at winning games and the know-how as to win games. But I think we're playing really good football. Um, we just need to turn them draws and, you know, s- small losses into into wins, which I feel like we can do. That's all for me. Thanks, Johnny. Yes. Left side rotation. So you, you, you mentioned this earlier on. Big fan of it. I thought it was really fun to watch. I mean, it's that's me. I think jo- Johnny um, Leifel was referred to me as it was a bit weird footballing wise and what I like to watch, but um, I, I just thought it was quite cool because essentially Lavinia, Iandolo and Williams, they can all play in each other's positions. And at various times they all were. And it was it was quite fun to watch 
you know, I was spent the first five minutes working out who was technically supposed to be playing where, um, and they were just moving around. I thought said so when in a week, the last two weeks, Romeo Hutton's been sort of not found out, but there's been special attention paid to him. We'd be getting less down the right, and I thought the left really stepped up in what they were doing because of that quite intricate movement between the three of them to create space. No, I completely agree, and, and that shows sensible tactics, right? You know, if if we're, we're having no joy because everyone's cottoned on to Hutton being quite useful, go the other way. Yeah, I mean, he's he's spoke before about wanting to get more down the left. I think it was a little bit hand-forced because obviously we didn't have the centre-backs, so you had to move Blake Tracy inside, so Lavinia kind of by default had to play out left, but it was, I thought it was, I think when Lavinia originally came in, him and Shea did a bit of that uh, early on, and then Lavinia's injury meant that they they turned to Hutton, and Hutton kind of ran with it almost literally, and they couldn't move away from that. But because of the way Lavinia plays, that left side became quite hard to stop because if he they were just all pulling the Wimbledon defenders out of position, and it was from a, from a foot from a tactics perspective, it was quite a fun watch. I thought. Yeah. Okay, that's fair enough. Um, we'll we'll have the great debate whether Johnny Leefield or is right or wrong over the season. I'm sure you you breached. You went into it. You went for it. You cowered. You didn't ask Scott Lindsay. You asked Johnny Williams whether the criticism of Scott Lindsay was fair. And in fairness to him, there's not much he could do here but a company man response. Yeah, I mean, well, he'd, he, I sort of decided to do it whilst he was answering the previous question of mine because he said that he talks about Scott, Scott Lindsay showing that faith in him. And, you know, if you ask that question, should, should, should people have faith in you to Scott Lindsay? He's obviously going to, oh, yes, have faith in me. I'm great. Williams is going to say the same, but it's interesting to his, his, hear, his, hear his perspective and maybe let Lindsay borrow a lot of, a bit of um, Williams's fancy within the fan base in terms of, well, I mean, if this guy likes him, then maybe there's something there. Because clearly, with what he said this season, I think Johnny Williams clearly does like Scott Lindsay. Yeah, I think so. And and that's not going to change with, with results going against us, is it? I've been a bit unfair recently on predictions. I've been going first and stealing all the thunder. And I've been quite consistent. We've both been consistent in our, in our predictions. We're very, very dull. What are you going for? I mean, just looking at the averages, it's unlikely to be a draw. So I think we're going to have to fall one side of the fence or the other. Um, I'm going to go optimistic again. 2-1 to Swindon. That's the fourth week in a row you've 2-1. <laughs> Maybe I should change it then, because clearly that's the problem. Um, no, you've got to keep it until you get it right. Um, <laughs> I, I'm going to go 1-0 Swindon. because Back-to-back back clean sheets. Back-to-back clean sheets. I'm going for it. And that's, you know, if any if any Barrow fans are like, God, another team that, come, that expect to beat Barrow, it's purely because I don't really like betting against us in in this little game I've only done it once or twice or once in the league this season didn't like it I didn't enjoy myself so um it's draws or wins I have to believe one nil Swindon yeah I mean I think if I was if I were to be putting money on this I would probably go with Barrow but I just have to believe that this funk is going to end soon so I'm going to try and be on the right side of history well, because of that no good Charlie Austin, this this episode of the pre- presser has now overran. So um, dare to dream, eh? Yeah, absolutely. You know, if if you can get Charlie Austin in, it's going to be a great time for at least two weeks. Oh, and and we'll be talking about that now until the job is done. Until then, Joe. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Rich. Try the box to Monkey.
The Lone Strangers is an independent podcast and views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The intro music of the presser is by the amazing Drag Me Down, influenced by the great Matthew Kilford. And the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Hello, bubble. Hi, Ellis Pod fans. It's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.